are now listening to the A&R Design Unholstered Podcast with Alex Costa. Hey guys, this is episode 25 of the A&R Design Unholstered Podcast. Today's guest is PSR, Print, Shoot, Repeat. Uh, guys probably have got hit the real Duncan in that Chick-fil-A sauce on the not machine gun, uh, 3D printed lower. Uh, this gentleman has blown up on YouTube, fucking killing it. I mean, we're stuck at like 20K, so you know what? Uh, kudos to you, sir. Uh, so we're going to learn a little bit about what brought him into... I, I, you're not even fucking gun industry. You're just like... <laughs> you're just like your own vibe. You're your own fucking mythical creature that you've created. And uh, we love the anonymity. We love the the persona. Um, you know, my wife was watching some videos tonight and she's like, is he Asian? Is he Slavic? Uh, I was like, no, he's definitely probably a white boy. Um, but I can't answer that question because I've never seen you. So uh, and you probably won't tell us you're this mythical <laughs> creature. Uh, but she 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 listened to your accents and she loved the gold member uh, one. So. Um, dude, please introduce yourself. Tell us what you fucking, yeah, d whatever. Fuck. Thank you so much, man. Uh, all that praise. I feel honored. Um, and it's a pleasure to be on the podcast. I, uh, uh, so yeah, I go by print shoot repeat. I've got a YouTube channel, uh, where I post primarily videos on 3d printing and guns and, uh, a lot of silly stuff making music along the way and uh, having fun, poking fun at some of the kind of uh, funny aspects of, I guess, the gun industry or whatever, or just guns in general and having fun rather than getting too serious about it. Um, obviously, you know, there's a time for serious stuff too, but uh, I generally keep it on the lighthearted end of things. But, um, you know, because it's a lot of people that aren't into guns, think 3D printed guns are, you know, absolutely horrifying. So... Um, maybe one of the secondary missions in making this YouTube channel was to kind of like warm people up to maybe the idea that it's just also can be a fun hobby that you do and have fun, you know, exercising your, your right to build a gun, which is a lot of fun. Uh, if you've never built a gun before, um, you know, 3d printing that counts as building a gun. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, I, I would suggest anyone who's kind of curious about it, definitely check it out, whether it's my channel or a number of other creators on YouTube and, and other places. Now YouTube's being a little bit more strict when it comes to the content that uh, you're allowed to put out on YouTube, which is unfortunate. So a lot of creators have kind of had their channels um, reach reduced a bit, but there's other places you can watch that content now. Um, but thus is the, the world we live in with Instagram and, and YouTube and, and, and censorship of you know, ideas that are scary to some people. So that is me. That is you. You know, a quick thought just crossed my mind talking about YouTube, right? Um, your videos are funny. You write your own music, you write your own lyrics. They're great. Is there a workaround? Is there any chance of a workaround on YouTube to sing instructional videos? Where the lyrics are 100% guiding someone through a process, but the facade is music. That's, that's an interesting idea. Uh, 
I guess I hadn't really thought of that uh, in that way, like a, a direct literal kind of song uh, about how to build a gun or how to print a gun. That's, it's a good idea. I, uh, I haven't done that. You know, I have, I've been thinking though, cause I do have a, an artist page on YouTube now um, that I'm not sure if that adds some element of protection when it comes to my account getting strikes and stuff. Cause I, cause it's like, I'm now a music account. So I'm on like YouTube music and it says like next to my name on the comments, whenever I comment on someone's page, it has a little note on it. So it, okay. uh, that I'm, I'm like a music channel. So I think if anything, that probably works in my favor and what you alluded to, maybe that would be a solution of some kind. I'm a little bit scared to try it though, cause I already got a strike, uh, but you know, maybe we'll have to take it there at some point. As, as long as maybe, maybe your hooks are, are <laughs> uh, instructional, uh, but the main verse is something repetitive or whatever. But um, man, that would be kind of fucking cool. Uh, if you do enough, enough jump cuts in the video where it's your persona versus something printing or building or whatever, you can break it up and uh, up enough that you know some fucking snot-nosed uh, person who might identify as something different who hates these scary things would be like, "Oh, this this beat's kind of fucking vibing, dude." Ah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, that's that's kind of yeah. Like I said, the goal is to um, not necessarily preach to the folks that already love it, but to kind of introduce some new folks that maybe don't have the right ideas about it or they're they've lacked kind of some kind of uh, you know someone reaching out to them in, in whatever way that is and if i can reach out to them and say hey like check this out then that's a good thing absolutely yeah. i'm on the same page too um i'm part of a facebook group called pink pistols and not this is not like a fucking virtuous virtue signaling bullshit um i, I grew up on cape cod there's a huge gay community near me no, when I was growing up, knew nice. you, know, you know, gay dudes that carried guns. And my mom worked in like a, a resort, like a timeshare resort. It was, you know, LGBT specific. And, uh, you know, I never had any issues. I'd go to P-Town with my girlfriend and my mom. I was underage. My mom would buy me a case of beer and I'd go to fucking drag shows and get in knowing people that knew people and I got to drink, get served, never got fucking molested or hit on or whatever. Um, but anyway, I fucking signed up my company for Pink Pistols, which is like the LGBT community for like gun ownership. And uh, it's on Facebook. And, you know, I, I sometimes help them out with some shit, some wardrobes or whatever. These are people that are just like, yeah, fuck the government. Just because I'm gay doesn't mean I shouldn't have a gun. Like, and, um, you know, just it doesn't matter who they are if they want to exercise their rights they should and they and it, and a lot of people the ed, the the knowledge base for it sucks like there's not enough people like yourself i looked up a bunch of other 3d print creators um but again it's just not getting the visibility that it should you guys should all be building guns all everyone should i have enough fl sot i like machine guns i like dumb shit but don't you guys know. should all be building guns, especially with the new ruling on 80 percenters. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that that, that went through 
Um, and I would prefer none of that bullshit uh, regulation to occur, obviously. But if you're going to start, now's better time than ever because of the unfortunate you know, restrictions that have been put in place by this, uh, this ATF. For- it happened. Here's why. Okay. Okay. After the Bruin, so we, we have a blog on our website. We have a lawyer that writes for us, that just started writing for us. So he just wrote his opinion of the Bruin decision. Uh, I am so stoked that after the Bruin decision, what happened with New York, that the governor in New York just put an ammo ban, that you have to have social media you know, verification before buying it. No, this is all great. People, everyone, Everyone's like, oh my God, this sucks, this is horrible, whatever. No, it's great because the Supreme Court has already ruled that these restrictions are unconstitutional. So what's going to happen is all these states and the government, the feds, fuck Biden, whatever, they're all going to fucking come out and they're swinging for the fences with these new bills. But all of these are going to lawsuits. Every single one of these new rulings, especially in New York that just got the Bruin decision passed in favor of uh, concealed carry, they're all going to be sued. So it's going to suck for a year for ammo for New York. But they're going to lose. And every time they fucking lose and the Supreme Court weighs in on it and it goes all the way up there because it will. It'll go all the way to Supreme Court. Every time it loses, it's stacking the deck in the Second Amendment favor. So it's like, okay, guys, it sucks for now. Hopefully you stockpile fucking ammo for the past two years during COVID like everyone else should have fucking done mm-hmm. to, to protect themselves, their family, their their freedoms, their opinions, whatever. But now this has happened, fucking sit on your ammo for a bit. It's going to get overturned by the Supreme Court. Uh, the only good thing that Trump did, right? So is <laughs> stacking the Supreme Court. And and now that's all going to get overturned in a year because it takes time for government to do shit. But I'm like, yo, every fucking state that wants to do anti-gun legislation after the Bruin decision, let them fucking do dumb shit because it's all going to be flipped. And then every single one of these cases that is some, you know, the state versus some entity getting sued is going to be flipped in the favor of the Second Amendment. And they're just fortifying it. They have no fucking idea that every one of these laws is just going to be another brick in the fucking wall. And everyone's panicked and everything It's like, no, write your legislators. I know there's a lot of people like, fuck, don't write your legislators. No, write your legislators. Write everyone that should be voting because it's like, it's ultimately going to hit the Supreme Court. And with the people that are currently in those seats, it's going to get overturned and it's just going to keep stacking the deck. So let it happen and write your Supreme Court leaders, your opinion on it, and it's going to protect it for the long run. Bruin was the greatest thing to happen in the last hundred years for the Second Amendment. And because of that, they're gonna try to make so much shit evil. But at the end of the day, that one decision has stacked the deck. Mm-hmm. Let let all this bullshit happen. Don't do dumb shit. Don't make the community look shitty by doing something stupid. Let it go to court. Let yeah. it get pushed through. Let it get defended. And then it becomes law forever and fucking whoever's president can't touch it yeah yeah i mean yeah that's a that's a a good point and yeah it's important to remember that when one of these things happens and then we see the you know assault weapons ban which won't pass but uh, you know when you see that pass in the house and stuff it's it's a little depressing but then you realize okay yeah we've got that brewing decision and that's going to go a long way uh and towards into helping solidify the second amendment um 
as as it should be always have been. It just shouldn't have been infringed upon, but it has been infringed upon with all of these bogus, you know, state laws and stuff. But um, and federal ones. But you know, hey, like I said, um, now's better time than ever to get into three D printing, even if it's not guns. It's an amazing technology, and it's really not as expensive as anyone who's listening to this podcast thinks it is. It's not even, you know, you can get an entry-level 3D printer for as low as six, uh, 160 bucks, 160 bucks. So you're talking, you know, I mean, if you're in, in the context of guns, I mean, that's, the, that's like the price of a high point, right? <laughs> uh, for the price of a high point, C9, not even the, the cheapest one they make you can get into making infinite amounts of guns yourself. And obviously these guns need parts like metal barrels and guide rods and things like that and slides sometimes. Um, and sometimes they need less stuff than more than others times. But for the most part, you don't have to go and deal with telling the government, hey, I did this. Now I'm on this list and now I'm, you know, permanently in this FFLs list. And it's great if you just want, don't want to be messed with and you just want to do this and, and not have to ask permission, which we shouldn't have to ask permission. You know, it's still illegal if you are prohibited from owning a firearm, it's still illegal to make one. And do you think those people are going to stop that are prohibited from making like they're already going to be committing crimes, unfortunately. Um, the people that are going to do bad and the people that are going to be doing good and having fun and learning and putting together things and engineering things shouldn't be penalized because of the actions of a small group of people who decide to break the law and hurt people and, and you know, cause harm. So that's my take on it. So it's never been a better time. And yes, it's a small learning curve, but it's really not as hard as you think it is. And um, there are some good resources to check out if you're looking for guidance on the topic and yeah. And we suggest that people check out your YouTube channel to find yeah. these resources. Yeah. So I would say actually the best place, if you're trying to get into learning about 3d printing, this is how I got into it. I would say if you want to learn, if you want to be entertained and see what some of these creations can do, you can check out my camp channel check out my YouTube channel. If you want to see like examples of how they shoot, you know, want some humor and some, and some funny, silly songs about them and stuff. That's kind of what I do, but I am not a designer of the files. And that's a very important distinction that I always try to make whenever I am in any public space. Uh, and I say this in every video, like this sp specific file or design was made by so-and-so and usually it's not their government name it's like a pseudonym um for just anonymity purposes and wanting to be you know have their their corner of you know their persona be private which is and, and some people aren't private so um there's all sorts of de designers in the community that have gotten involved in making these funky crazy cool weird meme everything in between guns and there are guns that you make uh in your living room with not that with like the simplest plastic that's pretty easy to print and it's very durable for uh the method in which it's being made and a lot of misconceptions around uh the durability of 
3D printed guns. And there was a debate for a while. And now that debate is shifting to, oh, like these are a huge problem and, and terrifying, you know, and, and before it was kind of like, oh, they break after one shot. But now the, the, the shift is, is kind of starting to see the shift between that. And now, oh, now it's like, there was an article in CNN today about how dangerous, um, the 3d printed auto sears are and um, the switches on glocks and stuff i mean that's another way 3d printing has changed the whole firearms world in a sense um for better or for worse i suppose but uh they're very very illegal items to do with unless you have like a sot like you do and stuff um but does that mean to stop people from doing them uh no it's not so um I would say before you check out my channel, and if you want just strictly information, I would recommend going to theguide.controlpew.com. Controlpew is a creator who I first got into watching and checking out when I first got into this hobby and got into this world. I didn't know anything. I'm not a very technical, I'm not a technically savvy guy, to be honest. I um, my dad was a, a woodworker and still is, is an incredible carpenter, but I never picked up that skill. And I just thought maybe I never will build stuff and that's okay. I mean, I just build other things in different ways, what, whatnot, use that skill. But actually doing this kind of connected me with like, okay, that's, I, I like, I'm, a, I'm really into this in the same way that my dad is into carpentry and stuff. So I think it's really quite easy for your average layman that's what the goal of a lot of these designers um, philosophy is that they want to make it as easy as possible for anyone to just go pick up this guide this pdf file and you know what read the whole readme and the pdf and, and the instructions and then go put their uh print in their in their cad software in the uh slicer slice the file and plug it into their printer the sd card and then hit print and um you know that is how easy it can be and i would say control pew uh the guide.controlpew.com is the best way to do that and there you will find everything you need in terms of resources as to like what printer to get um and and he's a great create like creator that i i greatly respect and i owe a lot to him um, and just kind of getting me into the hobby and getting me started. And um, I, I, you can find the links to the files there too. They're on Odyssey. The files can be found on Odyssey. That is where they're primarily hosted. There are beta groups in um, the, this rocket chat, which is like a chat hosting site. It's called uh, deterrence dispensed. It's called chat.deterrencedispensed.com. That's chat deterrencedispensedcom and there you will be able to have access you can ask for access to beta beta um, testing so in order to release publicly a file for a 3d printed gun there's a process generally from these groups so there's like a couple of different groups that are operating in the space um, and sometimes in, in the past it was just one and then they had a little beef, as you can imagine, drama happened, and then that turned into two groups, and they kind of started competing, and now there's more like three or four groups separately, so it's really growing very fast in just the time that I've been in, which hasn't been that long. It's only been not even two years since I've been doing this, so I think 
um, what I would recommend is if you're just completely new to this, I would start printing and get yourself the printer. Don't print any like things that are going to take any load bearing like explosions or anything like that. Start off with like a calibration print just to make sure your, your printer's working and everything's good. You can find um, my settings video is on Odyssey. I had to take it off of YouTube, but it's on Odyssey. So Odyssey is a great platform. It's an alternative to YouTube. It's my favorite as far as just the, the alternative social media. Uh, like it's, it's my favorite because it not only hosts videos, but it hosts, hosts um, files. So you can download directly download from that, from Odyssey, not only videos and watch my videos, but the files are there as well. Not on my page, but on the catalog. So the catalog is where you go to find your 3D printed designs. And those are designs that have been tested rigorously, thousands of rounds, usually each one. And, uh, you know, multiple beta, beta testers testing them, making sure they work through any flaws that happen. And there's all sorts of different designs. There's ones that are based on already existing designs where you take a parts kit, for example, like the Beretta 92, you wanted to 3D print a frame for one, or let's say even more common, like a Glock 19. That's really the most common, right? So if you wanted to 3D print a Glock 19, you would go down there, download the file, and then you would, after calibrating your printer and feeling confident that your printer settings were all right, you would go and put that into a slicer, which is what I use is called Cura, and then you would slice the file, which just basically turns it into a G-code file, which is what the printer reads. So that's the language that the printer reads. And then you go plug in that SD card into the printer and then you make sure it's at the right temperature and then you press print. And um, hopefully if you did everything right with your settings, which like I said, you can check out my settings video. I have two, they're both on Odyssey. Um, then you can get to a, uh, a good space. And then, you know, it usually takes, if you're going to print a Glock 19, maybe 13 to 17 hours, depending on the size, you know, if you're printing a Glock 26 or a Glock 43, probably maybe like 12. Um, and you know, you, you don't take it off the printer and then boom, go shoot it. You got to do some work obviously, cause it's just printing the frame, which in the case right. of the Glock 19 is, is the firearm. Um, doesn't mean you have to you know, you could print a P320 grit module and, you know, it's the same, essentially the same thing, but not a firearm. Not, yeah. Not firearm. Exactly. But it's still, I mean, that doesn't mean that it's not fun and cool too. Uh, I'm actually in the middle of trying to print a, uh, I just got the P365 X macro, like a uh, typical, uh, just like big fanboy, And uh, it just came out. I actually have, have a, I have a, P320, but that's actually the second SIG I've gotten. I don't have that many SIGs, but I liked it because I, I just thought it was kind of stupid when it came out. Um, but then I held it in the store and I was like, man, this is awesome. It feels great uh, in my hand and it's pretty thin and easy to conceal. So I, I got that, but now I'm kind of wanting to uh, see what it's like if I print a uh, grip module for it. So there is a grip module that my buddy designed. So I'm going to try that out. But the, the possibilities are absolutely endless with 3d printing uh even just from basic functional items that help you uh just 
make life easier, you know, whether it's just like an organizing thing or just that little part in your old car that you can't order anymore or, you know, anything, you know, toys for your kids. Obviously that's like what most people think about is like these little like miniatures when they think about 3d printing, but, or you could print an MP5 like me. So yeah, you get lots of options. Yeah. And people forget how easy it is to get parts, right? So parts are not regulated by the feds. Um, Brownells, Midway USA, you can buy all of your components. There's so many aftermarket slides for things. Yep. Um, This is America, right? We don't have, if you've ever bought like a CZ or uh, an Austrian Glock, everything, right? You see the serializing on the frame slide and barrel uh, in Europe. The laws are that every one of each one of those components is a serialized component and they're all considered firearms. So if you buy a barrel that's serialized, it's uh it's a gun, right? Over there. So but we have um fuck, I forget the company out of Florida that does like everyone's US barrels, but you have US barrels for so many different companies. You have aftermarket slides uh for so many different companies. Um and then the the supporting components you can buy anywhere, right? So, and, and we just hope that the government never says, "Oh fuck, you can't sell those parts." I, but at the end of the day, if you own the gun already or you bought a gun private sale, um, and hopefully you have a bill of sale, in case it's hot gun, um, you know, you can always bring those parts to a machine shop. Oh, oh this is part of my little small engine from 1920. Yeah. And uh, they'll cut you your parts. And it's not that expensive, you know, depending on the part. If it's a Swiss screw machine part, it might suck. Uh, it might be expensive, but there's a uh, never ending reason why you can't build your own firearm. And it's 100% legal in the United States to build your own firearm for personal use. You cannot sell that to someone else. A non serialized firearm is illegal to sell to someone else, but you do have the legal right to build your own firearm. And, um, as long as you didn't intend to to build it to sell it, you can actually serialize it and then sell it later on if you decide you want to get rid of it. Yes, you can do this as well, uh, but, but not, yeah. not yeah. recommended. Not recommended, no. Because fuck the ATF. Um, but long story short, you can do that. Yes. Um, I I so my whole thing that I did like a a reel a while ago that went really fucking viral. Didn't realize how viral it got. Uh, people are afraid of getting FFLs. Okay. And FFLs is the ATF. Okay, everyone's scared of the ATF. Really not that big of a deal, getting your FFL. It's $150 for an 07 manufacturing license every is it three years, I think. I don't even remember. I just get my notification. But I think I've only renewed twice. <laughs> and um, SOT to build machine guns is... Yeah. $500 a year, depending on how big your company is. I have now scaled up. So, and it's, it's based on your principal business. So, our FFL is registered to our holster company, and our holster company makes more than X amount of dollars. So, I do pay more money for my SOT. But they're all for personal testing. So, I don't have to apply for ITAR, even though ITAR says if you build machine guns, you have to register for it. But we don't distribute those to commerce, including uh, law enforcement. Uh, we've done law enforcement demos, but it's for personal testing use only because we make 
optic mounts, slings, whatever, holsters. And you can register a fucking FFL to a storage unit. That's crazy. As long as you have its even if it's not commercially zoned, our shop is within whatever, 1500 feet from a school. You know, and then we're like, well, we're a manufacturing facility. We don't sell NFA, but we make NFA. They're like, oh, whatever. Fuck it. Like, like the ATF just cares about paperwork. Yeah. And in, like, at least in New Hampshire, there's three ATF field agents for all of New Hampshire. Yeah. I have a friend uh, in the north that went 25 fucking years without an audit. He had to rent a fucking Connex container to fill it with the files of all the transfers. And they came and picked them all up. Because wow. after two years, they're technically not like usable, but they still retain those copies. And then they put them to, you know, what, eight film or whatever the fuck they're using. And they put them on film and they fucking archive them. The, uh, the ATF headquarters in West Virginia has a parking lot dedicated to Connex containers of files because they have to keep the physical files. Wow. And they're allowed to transfer them to uh was it type eight film or whatever the fuck it's called? Yeah, I'm I'm old but young, but old I forget. Anyway, they have so many fucking file boxes in the in the hallways that the load bearing hallways are at max capacity. So they just have boxes of shit in the hallways. Like they're uh I forget who did a documentary on it, but you can literally in in, in West Virginia where the ATF headquarters are they just have boxes of shit in the hallways of people's files. They're not secure. They're just sitting there in the hallway and they've already loaded the hallways to the load bearing load for those hallways. So it doesn't collapse into the basement. So they're now occupying a parking lot and they're not allowed to digitize handwritten files. So, but they're allowed to put them to film. So they're in this process of putting them on film on those classic, like, you know, librarian projectors where you can rotate and go, Oh, fucking like newspaper by newspaper. Oh, sick. I found the file. Like, that's that's the ATF. That's literally the fucking ATF. People don't get it. Uh, at least for, this is firearms ATF, you know, not tobacco or, or alcohol um, or yeah. explosives. So this is just like basic ass firearm bullshit. And um, the ATF, for me, a lot of people will complain. I would rather de- deal with the ATF any day than the IRS. Yeah. Um, ATF for me. I got a wellness check being a COVID. My field agent got relocated. I, I liked my field agent. I, I thought it was cool as fuck. He, he was like, yo, this is a job. Okay. Like guns are fucking rad. And this is New Hampshire. The vibe in New Hampshire is like fucking everyone should own a gun. And it's, I think it's like 50% of the population owns guns in here in New Hampshire. Everyone's like, oh my God, you voted fucking liberal. Uh, New Hampshire is a liberal state. Like we're actually the freest state in the entire country. Yeah. Um. So I, I, I got, issued a new field agent and she called she's like you're probably not gonna call me back i call her back and she was cool as fuck she's just like yo i'm just making sure you're okay you're not sick covid whatever um and i was like look we're not we don't have a retail site we don't sell guns to the public um everything's internal and she's like oh cool a couple months later i gave her a call i was like hey how are you doing right and, and I'm generally like, I do care about everyone that I have to have a business relationship with. I want everyone to be happy and healthy and, and whatever. And he was like, Oh my God, I've never had a call from one of our fucking people. You know, she's like, that's really cool of you. And I was like, yo, you're, you're just a person. You're dealing with all this shit. Just like all of us. Like, how are you doing? 
and uh, she appreciated that. Like, if you just treat like I and there are super cunty fucking psychopath fucking got a hard on for ruining people's lives fucking field agents. But at least in New Hampshire, like our experience with the three field agents we have to talk to, including the one that retired that helped moved our FFL, they don't give a flying fuck. It's a job. They're a government worker. They want to go home at the end of the day, their family. They're not the door kicker. And even the fucking door kickers. I'm friends with the OG door kicker. And he's like, we don't actually know what we door kick for. They just give us an assignment and we go and fucking hit a door. Like we, we're not told what they're doing. We don't know if they're manipulating data. We don't know if they're manipulating files. We don't like, they just say bad dude, get this, whatever. Right. Um, which yeah. sucks. It's sad that you don't know what you're doing. And I guess the same could be said for any government entity, uh, Navy SEALs, CAG, whatever. You know, they're yeah. given a mission. You got to go fucking snuff this dude. And then you find out after he's a dirt farmer with an AK. Like, whatever. Yeah. Um, that's a government for you. Fuck them. Um, also, the, what you sign up for, too, at the same time. Uh, I mean, one of, our, one of our staff just joined the Army. And I was like, yo, bro, you think Joe Biden's a better boss than me? He's like, oh, fuck, I didn't even think of it like that. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, his whole family legacy is fucking army or whatever. And um, he's fallen, you know, and you get, you get some of that parental trauma, not, not trauma. Maybe Talon doesn't have trauma. I love Talon. He's a fucking good dude. And we're going to miss him. He's he's grown so much working for us. And, and he's one of our best fucking people. But he's joined the army. And I was just like, Talon, you fucking Joe Biden's your boss now, bro. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, bud. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I grew up in Vermont, man. I know, I know the uh, in Vermont. Yeah, oh, I know the, sorry. Uh, well, it's it's not as bad as 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 you might think. I'm in New Hampshire, dude. I don't, we're like the same. Right. Yeah, we're, we're sixty nothing. Just, just we are. Um, I'm the bottom. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm sure I can tell from the light coming. Oh, that's you might be another monitor, but I would say, are you still East Coast? Uh yeah, I'm still East Coast. I have a light. I have like a I have like a soft box here that's giving me the light. That's uh, what it is. At first, when I when we first hopped on before we started recording, I thought it was a window, but the way yeah. the saw it's a very natural light soft box. But yeah, oh, thank you, thank you. Um, yeah. so I thought it was a window at first. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, Vermont. Yeah, Vermont's cool. Um, I got into UVM on a full ride, and you went to UVM. No, no, I didn't. I got in uh okay. i ended up going to unh durham because they had the new engineering building um i didn't go to uvm i had a buddy at uvm and he's like oh, i'm fucking stoned all the time and i was like yo that's rad but uh all right you're failing because all you do is smoke weed all the time and that not saying I mean, anything bad with that um mad at vermont that's all that you need to know yeah, it's Vermont. It's Vermont. Like, if, if you're not tripping on mushrooms on the weekends and smoking weed before class, you're not living in Vermont. Yeah. yeah. That's, um, uh, yeah, I, I grew up there, so I had to get <laughs> the fuck out as soon as uh, I was 18, and I, I did, but uh, I'm not there anymore. But I was actually just up there uh, yesterday, and um, you know, I flew flew to, to the current location, which is in the southern part of the of the U.S., but I, uh, I, I love Vermont. I love going back. It's a beautiful state, especially this time of year. Um, Every time of year, dude. You can't beat Vermont, Maine, and New Hampshire. 
Yeah. New England, I'm a New England boy. I will always be one. I, I do consider that my home. And I've, I grew up hiking the presidential mountain range and, you know, the Appalachian trail. And I, I love, I love outdoors. So it's, it's a great place for that. And New Hampshire just as much, if not more. Uh, you have is a, the part that I like about Vermont is you guys left the pastures, right? Um, most of New Hampshire, right, is forest, yeah. but it's new forests. People mm. don't realize that. Uh, okay. So I live, I live on a state park in New Hampshire, and I'm an ATV hit the trails, and it's just all those. You, you, you remember, you, you know, all yeah. those short little stone walls everywhere that were old wagon trails between farms. How the fuck did early settlers clear that much timber? manually because you know that new hampshire once looked like all pastures like where i live there's no old forest and and i i look at it i'm like okay like these trees are 100 years old but it could have been older and we and where i live all the landmarks near me within two miles are fucking funeral plots and they're like 1860s, 1820s, but all the trees are only 80 tops, 80, 70 years old. And you know, those motherfuckers fucking clear cut everything. Oh, and yeah. that was their like daily job before they had cattle and sheep. Mm-hmm. Like, holy fuck. And, and Vermont still has that essence. You have those rolling green hills. Uh, Green Mountain Boys still exist. Uh, by the way, fuck the government. Um, those boys still exist and practice long gun and operations all the time. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. You, so you said anti-gun growing up, but yeah, yeah. I mean, well, my my dad went to um, college at a military college, and uh, he wasn't really necessarily there by choice. It was kind of like he, he kind of got put there and um, as a result of whatever, you know, his, his high school days. And so he, he kind of grew to hate that, that machine of kind of um, military and that's that hierarchy. And he didn't, uh, he didn't like the, the, kind of machismo of it and i think that kind of informed his dislike for gun culture and so i was very much held um away from that from and my mom kind of just like was indifferent to it but she kind of went along with my dad and my dad was very against guns and i i like couldn't have i wasn't allowed to have like nerf guns oh like what? Not oh, even a Nerf gun. Uh, I wasn't allowed to have airsoft for sure. Um, like toy guns, cap guns, no violent video games, um, all that. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, as I got older, they realized that they couldn't really, like at a certain point, you know, this was probably until I was, you know, 13, 14. And then, you know, you, you can't really stop a kid after that um, from getting a violent video game, going over to play Grand Theft Auto at my buddy's house or, or going to shoot airsoft guns at my buddy's place. You know, it's like that, that they kind of let go of. And it's interesting now. Cause like my dad's kind of, uh, kind of done a 180 a bit 
not to the point where he's like, oh, I'm, I'm out and going and shooting with him, but he's like totally cool with it and knows about the whole channel and, and supports me. And if anything, like my mom is like still freak, freaked out about it, but <laughs> it's okay. We're getting into some personal things, but now, you know, my parents, uh, yeah, well, they, they, they're not married anymore, but the, my dad is like much more okay with it. Um, and is really totally fine and like supports me and, and he got a kick out of the HK slap video. And I like explaining things to him because I'm, I'm really into like the technical, you know, he, he loves building things. He's building a house right now. He's 63 and he's building his own fucking house by himself. Okay. Um, he's 30 years older. Yeah. <laughs> My dad's 30 years older than me. So now, you know, I'm 33. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I can cut I, this. <laughs> <laughs> no it's okay, it's okay. Uh, I, mean, I don't care i mean people i i like to think that age is more ba- based on like your embodiment of your 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 grasp of life and I, like i i've to I've agree for things. sure <laughs> and i think you know you can still have fun and have young energy while retaining some some old wisdom and um you know some some experiences that have shaped you and, and helped you learn but i i'd say uh yeah, my my dad uh, watching him build this house and like and then having conversations about hey like I built this gun and this is how it works this is how the MP5 delayed blowback or you know uh, how roller delay works or whatever it is and and he gets into that so it's kind of cool to see him change his perspective a bit and kind of do some some you know open he's, he's still open minded and i think he's also realizing you know i'm i'm fully an adult been adult for a while so nothing, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? but you know at the same time yeah that's kind of like how i grew up uh was kind of very yeah very anti gun and um but i think you know i don't know if i would have changed it's his age though i mean he's he's he was born in the 50s he um he had to go through that whole cultural revolution. See, yeah. my my dad was the tinkerer. My mom was anti-gun growing up, but I had cap guns and all the shit. My dad had a uh, antiquities FFL because he was an antique dealer on the side because my mom wasn't working and my dad's uh, salary wasn't making the cut. So my dad would do like yard sales and shit. And if you ever come across a gun, he an antique revolver or a cap and ball or whatever, he would he would acquire those and, and flip them. Uh, but very similar, like. Uh, I, I shot in Boy Scouts. That was the extent of it. And my neighbor that I illegally worked for as a landscaper taught me how to shoot. My parents let me go fucking shoot Sean. He's a cool ass dude. He's going to watch this podcast. Um, right. But um, s- same deal though. My dad was a tinker. Uh, he taught me robotics when I was a kid. He's a, a PhD marine biologist for the state of Massachusetts. I'm from Mass. I'm from Cape. I'm a fucking boat. Okay. I'm a boat kid. Um, I parents for a number of years for like most of my life um they're just really old now so they <laughs> moved off but they lived on nantucket so i always went down to the cape oh cool dude nantucket's yeah. like its own fucking world no, 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 i know it's, <laughs> a little, it's a little over the top i i yeah but I, but i did spend a lot of time in the cape too and uh, dude nantucket's cool as fuck it, it's cool for like a weekend you can't you can't yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean the cobblestone road's going to stop and shop sucks but um shop. yeah it, it, you know it, it very similar my mom was a hippie like hey let's go to see led zeppelin uh, robert plant's opening for fucking dreamland <laughs> the who whatever like i grew up in the whole classic rock phase and uh yeah my mom has an easy 380 my dad has an fn 
509 tactical and a shotgun like when when they you know oh what's going on like they they know i do a lot of mill work like oh what's going on the mill side i'm like ah well this is uh covid's not that real um but this economic event is coming and you might want a gun right so uh and we have some vendors in massachusetts so my parents went there and got hooked up and 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 whatnot but uh yeah kind of same vibe like i went to boy scouts shot 22 but like we're we're like cut cut similar cloth a little bit different a little not that different um Mm -hmm. you identify as an artist right you're you're not engineer but you're an artist music whatever um same deal dude i i i was in i i went to all the art um uh, portfolio reviews to all the local art schools and i was like this sucks like i'd go up there and i had like hyper realism graphite or charcoal or watercolor or fucking i did multimedia graphic arts cartooning whatever the fuck it was and i go to like a, a portfolio review and there'd be this this gentleman in front of me another student who uh peg hooked over sewing needles and then vomited bile mixed with paint and was like this is my pain of my shit and you're just like and these these fucking uh professors would soak that shit up like like it's second of a straw and then they get to my like oh wow you're so technical and you're so good at shading and and realism and uh this photo of this animal looks like a carbon copy but uh where's the emotion and you're just like i don't care like i want to draw what i want to draw like i don't i don't want to do some fucking um abstract emotional you know (laughs) bullshit like that's just not like i'm not into that but can you just give me an honest review of like my shit and i got a couple scholarships for art but i was so fucking turned off to that shit and i went to wentworth in boston for a portfolio review for architecture i was like okay maybe architecture like ah five-year university um and then you have to be like literally the most creative human being ever to ever be have your own identity in architecture. And then I listened to this like talk from this girl. She had five years of architecture. I wanted to suck start a pistol. And um, I had enough credits with mechanical engineering I could transfer over. And I ended up going to school for mechanical engineering. And I was like, oh my God, everything is fucking mechanical engineering. Like literally everything you touch in life is mechanical engineering. And everything around you is art. And uh, looking at that that way, and that's kind of how I transitioned into this role. But, um, dude, yeah. it's cool. Fellow New Englander, you know the grind, yeah. you know the vibe. And, dude, parents here, if they weren't brought up around guns, they are so fucking terrified. Yeah, man. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. Poor immigrant kids that don't have access to firearms. At, you know, my, my, my dad's first gen, my mom's second gen, and... You know, they just didn't have guns. They just worked and had yeah. big families, and it wasn't it wasn't a part of that life. Yeah, and it's interesting because states like Vermont. Um, I don't know about the demographics in New Hampshire, but I'm pretty sure it's very similar. But like Maine and Vermont are two of the the least diverse as far as like ethnicities go states in the whole country, um, and it's it's interesting um you know it's there's a lot of there's a lot of really heavy virtue signaling um 
And it's like, we really care about these social issues that are happening throughout the rest of the country, but they don't, it's a judging thing. They're afraid yeah. of their neighbors and their friends judging them. Vermont is as strange as it is as liberal as it is at, at in, in certain areas, it's quite, uh, it, it can, it can feel, I can, I can't imagine being like someone that was, um, like, not white and and trying to exist in vermont it's very it's a freaky place if you're if you're not white i think dude uh just because it's just it's a, it's like all of these people that are like white white liberals that are like virtue signaling and they're like we care we care like and just like showing and then it's like when it comes to like okay well what about if this like group of um like this immigrant group or this minority group moves into your backyard then they're like whoa 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 wait i actually don't care that much like or actually maybe they can move next door or like maybe they can move like a few miles away they're closeted racists racist Uh, dude oh oh my god yeah new hampshire new hampshire is definitely like that closeted racist still virtue signal all fucking day long so i'm again i'm from massachusetts uh i'm from falmouth the armpit of cape cod and um you know a lot a huge portuguese community huge cape verde community if you know what cape verdean is it's african mixed with portuguese uh i mean i grew up with half my school was cape verde so we had a very and then and that that was the best part was when i went to school in new hampshire at unh everyone's like oh you have a cape house like no i'm part of the poor people that live there and um oh oh you're from cape so that's like white as fuck it's like uh nope a lot of my friends are Cape Verde. A lot of my friends are black. A lot of my friends are Asian. Uh, it, it is a mixed population of people, especially being a Portuguese person and um, growing up in the Portuguese community, uh, as well as New Bedford and all that shit, uh, New Beige and, um, and and the Cape Verdeans, because you're half of, you know, I'm half, I mean, I'm white because I'm Portuguese because uh, uh, I guess conquistadors are all of skin tone and our hair qualifies white, but um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% white, but being half of what Cape Verdean kids are, you get along with them really well because you're Portuguese, you know some Portuguese, and that's life, dude. It's fucking cool as fuck. I loved, I loved where I grew up. High school was cool as fuck. No one, it was a very mixed community. Everyone got along. And there was no like huge, huge animosity other than girls and boys with girls. And, um, but it, it's one of those huge misconceptions of Cape Cod is, oh, it's Cape, it's white, you're white as fuck. And it's like, no, nah, actually, we had a very mixed community and I'm colorblind. I don't give a fuck who you are as long as you're nice to me. Uh, and, uh, but Vermont though is a fucking culture shock for white people outside of Vermont. Yeah. Well, for everyone outside of Vermont, but it's, Actually, yeah, yeah. I think like it's 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 one of the places where it's actually like a white ethno state, and like people don't even realize that. Yeah, it's like the whitest state in the whole country, and yet it's always like super liberal. Yay! Like we care, and it's like eh, I don't know. It's like the Babylon B meme. Uh, you might have seen it recently. It was a Black Lives Matter sign in white lettering, black background, and a white background, black lettering, Black Lives Matter uh, sign. And it was like two Vermont neighbors refusing to take down their BLM sign before the other one because they don't want to be called racist by the other one. And like you get that in New Hampshire too. Like I live, I live near Concord, and if sometimes I drive through Deerfield, 
And there's these two houses that both have BLM signs still out in front of them to this day. And they're, they're farms, but don't actually have farm animals on them. And you know those motherfuckers like, oh, we're waiting for Susie to take her fucking BLM sign down. So we're not the asshole. It's like, there's no black people in your town. Why the fuck are you virtuous signaling each other from across the street? Like, okay, cool. I'm glad this makes you feel better about your whiteness. But... Like, you can also just be a normal human being and be nice to people. Like, you don't need to prove it to your neighbor with a sign. Yeah, yeah, like that. And that's, that's, and that's all of Vermont. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I think I think it's it's clear Vermont has some work to do on that front. And it's funny because... But they're not racist. Yeah, yeah. I think rural Vermont is a little different. But, uh, I mean, there's it's interesting because, like, re- re- Republican... Um, governor is usually elected rather than democrat uh, in vermont uh, it's like every governor for the past 10 years has been republican i think um but i think there is a, a good amount of i mean and i i hate both sides uh fuck politicians yeah yeah fuck politicians um i i dislike them equally as far as parties go but i think i think uh yeah it's it's vermont has some work to do and you know, I think that that there's actually been some. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Every time I go back, it's it's. I hear more stuff happening in in Burlington, like stabbings and shootings and stuff. But you know, uh, we'll see what happens. Vermont, I think, needs a little bit of a wake up call, but it'll come eventually. It is a beautiful state, though, and and I do love visiting, uh, going back and like hiking and getting just getting out in the middle of nowhere i mean it's a great place to do that and uh i mean places parts of new hampshire absolutely too maine that whole you know new england vibe i don't vibe as much with the south i i do obviously i love mass and that's a beautiful part of the of the country uh, the western mass is beautiful fuck the rest of it <laughs> <laughs> but you know i mean there's 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 beauty but like connecticut rhode island man you know flat boring and heroin riddles yeah well yeah um Um, yeah. hey uh so i'm gonna pause it i'm gonna stop this recording and start a new one all right so you you're a you're an artist yes um talk about what music you like what music genres you like you i we we get it you like edm like some some your beat production's cool it's rad um let's hear about your influences in music and uh you kind of seem like one of those dudes that is well-rounded like you could listen uh, but i'm not vibing country from you and i'm not a country dude (laughs) and you're from the northeast so country is definitely not in your repertoire but uh i'm sure you like a lot of different stuff just yeah uh well i um i you're probably correct about the the country stuff. I, you know, it wasn't part of my culture growing up, really, and I, I didn't gravitate towards that. I definitely gravitated towards hip hop and rap, and from a very young age, that was what I listened to, and that was what I got into, and that was what I look. I just loved the, the way that the the rhythm and the bass hit. The, was just something that I just was really intrigued by. Um, what age and what song first dragged you into rap? Because I 
want to see if we're on the same page because I have I know the exact moment that hip hop changed my life. I mean, for me, it was for me it was a lot of the stuff in the late '90s um, coming from like Biggie um, and like uh, Tupac and. I mean, Wu-Tang I didn't get into until I was a little bit older. Oh, what old? What age? Sorry. Like, until I was, like, in my teens. Like, until I was maybe, like, 14, 15. Little, okay. You're, but, you're, you're behind me, so that makes sense. Yeah, but I was... The first... The first huge rap... Well, the first rap song that I remember, like, <laughs> loving was that song, uh, Mo Money, Mo Problems by Biggie. And that was, I know, after his, like, big first album and stuff but that just that song was so was so dope and and then then i got really into the jay-z and the production behind jay-z which was kanye and kanye people don't realize how influential he was from the very beginning and then in like the late 90s he was making amazing production for jay-z and other artists but jay-z i mean h to the Izzo. You know, beats like, um, I mean, the one that he did with uh, Talib Kweli that was in the early 2000s, Just to Get By, um, the, the Nina Simone sample. I mean, soul music. I love oldies. I love soul music. I love like, um, like kind of like obscure soldies. Like if you just okay. soldies on YouTube, you'll find some really dip- like weird old sixties soul songs that are like kind of like uh had a lot of their culture in like the or a lot of the, surrounded like the the low riders, you know, that they'd be rolling through. It was a kind of like Chicano culture, the low riders and shit and like uh-huh. love that shit. So it much. doesn't exist in Vermont, guys. It doesn't exist in Vermont. I don't <laughs> know how that, that I made my way around to that, but it's a it's a very inviting culture. And and they're very god chicano and lowrider culture is really fucking cool and if you get into talking with someone chicano and lowrider they like want you to be part of it it's fucking kind of cool for sure man so hip-hop i i do want to share my experience um i was watching mtv and it was nas one mic Wow, yeah. Fuck Jay-Z. Anyway, uh, (laughs) um, Nas one mic. And as the evolution of the video transpires, it goes from Nas rapping to uh, a riot in the streets uh, for for rights. And, dude, that whole scene where he becomes like a fucking warrior in the streets and shit. And I was just like... Yo, rap isn't about big booty hoes and stupid fucking lyrics. Like this, that music video to me was like powerful. It was it was expressing um, rights and opinion in a in a music video. It wasn't like Peaches and Cream by whatever fucking whatever twelve that they were, you know. And like uh, pussies are like fucking peaches and cream. Yeah, Nas yeah. was like like a fucking soldier and he was just trying to express himself. And that was where I went from. Like I was in the hardcore community at the time at 12 and I went to my first shows and shit and got my face fucked up and knocked out by a 31 year old and 
And then I saw like one mic and I was like, holy fuck. And like, I liked, I liked Wu-Tang, but the problem was the people that gate kept Wu-Tang from me as a younger person were the same people listening to like Limp Bizkit and, and, and St. Clown Posse. And they were gatekeeping Wu-Tang for me. And Wu-Tang for me was like, oh man, Wu-Tang's close fuck. Nas is rad. Um, you know, that's New York, New York rap. Oh, yeah. uh, but all these fucking douchebag kids wearing Jinko jeans and soaps, uh, soap shoes yeah. where they can grind, like fucking coping yeah. at the fucking, the fucking playground. Um, you know, and I would, uh, this one kid would call everyone a masturbator. And I didn't even know what that meant, but I was a masturbator apparently, according to him. Uh, and, and he listened to ICP and all the stupid dumpster fucking music. And I was like, yo, like Wu-Tang's cool as fuck, but why do these dudes listen to it? Like the, what they're singing, like what they're rapping about, these kids fucking don't give a fuck about. And I would, I would get bullied because I listened to like Led Zeppelin, The Who, um, Jethro Tull or whatever. And then if the funny thing is all those dudes that made fun of me for liking that and hip hop. I bumped into one of the guys at the bar 10 years ago. He had a fish shirt on. And he was fucking blitz out of his mind, stoned, probably on mushrooms. And he's just like, yo, fish, dude. And I was like, yo, Jason, you fucking used to torture me to the point of potential suicide as a kid because I liked that music. He's like, oh, I fucked up, dude. I was a horrible person back then. Um, I shouldn't have bullied you. Like, I'm. that's all I'm about now is this vibe. And I'm just like, man. Wow, well, it took him that long to get to the place where you were at, like, when you were a kid. As a child. Yeah. Like, my mom took me to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers when I was eight. I saw The Who when I was nine. That's epic, dude. It was cool as fuck, dude. But I, music has been, like, my life. And, yeah. uh, and now I'm kind of an elitist. But, dude, I... It, fuck Jay-Z. Um, <laughs> I, hey, can I... Can I I'm going to name drop someone real quick in the yeah. gun community. Um, do you like Dipset? Of course. Okay. Joel Santana. Yep. Okay. GS Weapons on Instagram. Homie from Philly. Rick Nice. The greatest of the greats. He's a big MCX nerd. Loves guns, loves nods. He shoots all the fucking videography for like Slay Raider. He did like GBRS group and stuff. Nice. Rick. Slick Rick Nice used to write beats for Joel Santana when he was a fucking teen. Wow. Like lyrics? Like beats. Oh, he was like the Kanye of like Dipset. And uh, wow. Rick Nice, he showed me this video. There's this video of him. There's this young little black kid hiding in the background in Joel Santana studio. And, um, and he's wearing the striped polo. And uh, he showed me this video. And he's like, "That's me." When I was like 15, selling beats to Joel Santana, I was like, "No fucking way, dude!" And um, and I was introduced to him uh, like four, year, three or four years ago. And he's like, "Yeah, dude, I I do videography for all these major artists. I used to write beats, and um, now I'm into guns. What? Uh, teach me the teach me the ways. GS weapons. GS weapons on Instagram." Um, and he and, and in his like gun pages, high end pew, all one word. Um, Rick and Sean and Slim, they're the best fucking people. Uh, just hip hop dorks from Philly. 
that love 300 blackout <laughs> and 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 rick will put stuff up on his instagram while he's hopping on a fucking learjet to go to jamaica to do a fucking video he does kanye he, he does he films like lifestyle videos for kanye and uh he he's like homies with future and all the shit and he's just such a fucking cool dude and such a good friend he stays at my house when he can and we just go off and fuck about it was great um i was the first person in the gun industry to have a video produced by rick and uh you know and then after that calling on the war and gbrs slade all these people are are reaching out to him to do videography and because he's bridging that gap between hip-hop and gun culture and and he does it so beautifully and so artistically and he's a fucking rad dude that's awesome man i just checked him i just followed him on instagram yeah he's he do talk to rick is a dork in, in a good way. Like, I like <laughs> one time he fucking, his fucking chick fucking drove him all the way to Philly one night to my house in New Hampshire and we got to meet his chick and she's like, all right, I'm driving back to Philly. And we're like, what? <laughs> it was a snowstorm event and he, he had to come that weekend. She's like, fuck it, I'll drive him. We're not going to fucking die. Uh, he's wow. just, he, like, he's family, dude. He's family. And he needs to meet my, my son because he's, fuck you, Rick. Come visit. <laughs> uh, Dude, the coolest people. I love, I love this industry and how strange it is, and how many cultures and backgrounds and people and and mentalities that it, it bridges. Because like your personal freedoms doesn't matter. People from all walks of life want personal freedom, mm. and you're all about doing it on your own. Mm. Indeed. What else? What else for music, dude? What what influences you now in music? What is you, like? What do you love? Like right now, if you could fucking name the first artist, band, genre off the top of your head, what is like? What is on your Spotify playlist? Um, well, I love uh, I love what uh, I don't know if you've heard of this artist, um, Arca. No, Arca makes some crazy shit. She makes some crazy electronic production. I guess it's like electronic, um, really wild production, incredible vocal production. Um, love seeing her live. Uh, love. Um, I mean, as far as just like influences go, um, I mean, I love weird underground, like uh, hyper pop shit. Like uh, this dude, Meat Computer, it's pretty sick. Um, Meet computer. Meet computer, yeah. Um, I like... Um, I listen to Yeet. Definitely into the newer rap shit as well. Um, Hold up. Yeet? Yeah. Yeet. I listen to Yeet. I think the beats are so hard. Yeet. Have you seen Channel 5 News on Yeet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't care. I, I, I like the music. I, I will, I will. I'm not ashamed to say I like. The he music. wants to eat cereal twelve times a day. That man wants what, to. Eat. So what about eat music that like speaks to you? The beats are hard. It's really just the energy. Am I? Am I? Am I holding on to every word that I can barely understand? <laughs> uh, I just, I, I mean, some of it's honestly comical in the same way that the the cereal line is 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 kind of funny. 
Um, it's like has an element of of absurdity to it with like all of the bells and it's a lot of over the top and in the way his voice sounds is pretty insane like he has really like so much attitude he can go really low and so he's like i actually i actually saw him in la one time um uh and and blown away right now yeah yeah um i'm blown away (laughs) yeah yeah i i i but i love the production um there's this producer that works with you that's really talented um he who uh, goes by tragic tragic made that he did like the uh biggest song that he has like that sorry about that song and um he's he's really talented he's he's from atlanta he's He's probably more talented than Yeet. I mean, I just, I love the production. I think that's what makes the, the music when it, it comes has to, to be, it has to be production. How much is playback in life? I mean, we're talking about like producers like RZA, um, Pete Rock. Well, Pete Rock did both, but like, um, I mean, Prodigy from Mob Deep. Okay. Um, I mean, like, yeah, but these are like, these are like so iconic, like not yet. Yeah, no, I'm, no, 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 I'm talking about like every, every great, Okay. Okay. Rap like has like a great producer involved, you know. And I think Tragic is a great producer. I think, um, I think Dylan Brady's a great producer. Um, I, I like absolutely. Um, Dylan's cool. I know him. Um, That's cool. He's dope. I uh, trying to. I uh, I think like yeah. Let's see. Who else could I could I say? I really fuck with. Um, like Juice World, Juice World. Um, I definitely, I, I never was like super into Juice World. You like uh, eat? I, I, I mean, no, no. I mean, like you're talking about like who right now? Like I, I know. I'm just, I'm just, I can't, I can't unfucking think. Eat. I'm dude, sorry, dude. Uh, I, uh, I tried so hard. I tried okay, after after. Okay. after after seeing it, I tried so hard. I listened to three of his Most albums. People our age don't like Yeet, and I'm okay with that. But I, I like Yeet. I like listening to Yeet. I like listening to his boy Can Can as well. And uh, and I listened to um, this dude from New York, Real Young Phil is hard. His producer, Evil Gianni, is really sick. Um, i heard you. Evil Gianni is pretty fucking sick. I have heard that. Yeah, yeah. Evil Gianni goes, his shit goes hard. Um, I like Baby Sosa. She's sick. Um, She's different, but cool. Yeah, I like Baby Sosa a lot. Uh, I like, um, I mean, this is, I'm surprised you know some of these people. That's that's dope. Dude, I'm a nerd. Honestly, I will get lost in SoundCloud and just some weird shit yeah. and then and yeah, find yeah. out dude uh I'm gonna I'm gonna do a shout out right Max Lord <laughs> I know you don't like Juice World uh or might not be care for Juice World Max Lord the uh sound engineer Grammy winner dude yeah. huge gun dude fucking rad right. motherfucker and I'm getting DMs from blue check marks from all kinds of uh gentlemen and females that are uh, up and coming in the LA scene and Max is doing their sound engineering and that dude loves guns and he's and he's getting all of his homies fucking equipped and it's tight it's it's yeah. really tight uh, 
Yeah, Max is cool as fuck. And it's funny, I get these random messages from Blue Check Mars being like, yo, Max sent me, like, I need this, like, what should I buy or whatever? <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck, Max? Um, or like, uh, Max put me on his, um, you know, like, secret friends list on uh, on instagram and i'm getting like fucking pings for la hollywood parties like hey yo just name drop so and so at this fucking address and you'll get into our exclusive party and i'm like yo i'm out on the east coast like a kid i ain't coming to this shit <laughs> like why am i on your super secret friends list like i appreciate you uh you're a cool dude and i love what you like i like juice up uh, you know i I like don't I like liked a little bit of juice. I like I like the album that Max produced. Um, you know, like I like like Chicago hip hop, um, Sosa, fuck it. But I'm I'm an East Coast dude, yeah. like 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 West Coast shit, I'm okay with. Um like Nip's Nip was like my favorite West Coast stuff, like more 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 mainstream, more modern. Um but dude, I'm like A Z Nas, like Big L, like East Coast, Brooklyn, Queensbridge. Um, I, I I have a, a Jedi Mind tricks obsessed with Jedi Mind, and, and Jedi Mind was like the first Brit, like Mers, Jedi Mind, Slug, uh, yeah, fucking Vinny Bad. Um, uh, that whole you know like like listening to a Terror album and having Mers hop on for a guest track or. Uh, POS like That's Detroit. Crazy. You ever listen to POS? Uh, Ar- well, I remember Army of the Pharaohs. That was a POS. What was POS? Did that stand? No, for- no, no, no. POS was part of Rhyme Sayers with like Slug okay. Atmosphere. I know all those guys, but I don't um, know. uh, uh, what was um, remember Reef the Lost Cause? Yeah, Reef was good. What was the other? Uh, Sage Francis was on Rhyme Sayers. Uh. Okay. You know, he, his 9-11 one that he came out with right after 9-11 was really, really good. Um, I've seen Slug, Atmosphere, actually. Oh, the Rugged Man. Yep. Yeah, Ari the Rugged Man. Um, Who else? Um, i trying to think. Well, Cage. Remember Cage. Yes, Cage. Yeah. Uh, Sean Price. Dude. Oh, Sean R.I.P. Dude, legend. he died of a heart attack three years ago. Brownsville legend, dude. Dude, Sean P. was a music video for Styles P. One time. Really? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. Random story. Yeah. Just Allah, aka Megatron. Um, that's hard. Uh, Most Def, Talib Kweli, Black Star, Gangstar, uh, Swollen Members. Yep, Swollen Members, Cunning Linguists. Um, Cunning Linguists. Yes. I mean. So I gotta send you our A and R design playlist because I have probably the most comprehensive OG hip hop list ever compiled. I I spent like seven weeks, at least three hours a day, going through old albums, like CD drawers, all kinds of shit, compiling the most comprehensive hip hop list that I thought was influential, and it's 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 very it's very. original it's it's very og um i can't yeah hieroglyphics like all you know like onyx like murder rap proper like my favorite's like when you put onyx on a fucking reel and people like have no idea (laughs) you're just like what the fuck is this (laughs) dude uh who was the group that um that sean price was in before he was sean p he was in the he was in a duo um 
uh, and it was an incredible duo. And I'm trying, it was a group and I'm trying to remember what it was. He was, it was early Sean P. Um, oh my God, I got to find this. I'm going to, it's good set the tip of my tongue right now. Hold on. But yeah, Sean Price, uh, I had a friend who also did music videos, who I did that Styles P video with that also did videos with Sean Price. And I remember like one time he, he like showed this piece of art that was like one of his friends, my, my friend's friends had made of Sean P and then my friend showed it to Sean P and he like looked at it and he was just like, he was just like, he just shook his head and then my friend <laughs> didn't say anything. And my friend, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Uh, wait, hold on, just let me find this, Sean Price. Look it up, look it up. Um, Ghostface played my college, it was a buck, right? You're a student, it's a dollar. And this 18 year old girl gets up on stage and she's like trying to twerk on Ghostface and he slaps that hoe off the stage and he's like, bitch, I got kids older than you, which I thought was like so admirable that Ghostface didn't try to fuck 18 year old girls. And then Snoop Dogg ended up fucking a seven, like just turned 18 girl from my dorm and took her back to the hotel that he rented the whole thing. At. And that's when he had his family, family values show on VH1 where it was all about his family. And he's cheating on his wife and his kids with this fucking 18 year old girls at every fucking school. Right. Like Snoop Dogg, I love you, but you're a fucking pedophile. Um, thought that was kind of funny. Uh, I remember her getting dropped off in the morning with three Escalades and she's wearing the jersey that he wore the night on the show. Like, yo, that girl just turned 18 like four days ago, bro. What the fuck? Helta Skelta is the name of the group. Oh my god, yes, okay. Helta Skelta is not not that unheard of. No, I know, but it's it's Sean P before he was Sean P. It's Ruck and Rock. That's awesome. Yeah, great, great group. Can't believe it. You got that that quick though. Like hopped on that, figured it out. Thank God for the internet. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, shit. Well, we yeah, we got a lot of uh, music taste in common, my man. Um, I'm not as much into the hardcore shit, uh, so I can't talk you talk go hand in hand. I can't go fire it back with uh, the hardcore bands. No, but- it's it's cool, dude. I had a lot of friends that had shitty dads, so I kind of fucking fell into that genre. Um, I have a great, I have great parents, <laughs> but the distraught friends of mine were into it. And uh, after getting fucking rocked in the adrenaline rush and being straight, I was straight edge for a long time. Uh, but when you realize you're straight edge and then you get to fights to get you know, yours, um, you realize you're not straight edge. You're living off of endorphins from fighting. Uh, yeah. So you're kind of a hypocrite if you're straight edge and you still go to shows. <laughs> uh, it's a form of high for sure. But it, it was cool because, like, Jedi mind tricks, you got, like, Vinny Paz would wear, like, trapped under ice shirts on stage. You get, like, the the hardcore dudes. So the, the, the cool thing about the hardcore community, especially a lot of the MC... Uh, Baltimore, Brooklyn style shit is you'd get those parallels. Even LA, MERS and Terror. Mm-hmm. You know, MERS, great, great MC. Um, but you would have Terror finish Alps. Cold World, the hardcore band. Uh, a lot of their lyrics were Wu Tang, right? And then they would lead into hip hop, you know, bits. Casey Jones, same deal. 
So uh, I love the parallels between the hardcore community and the hip hop community, and I've got I've, I made a lot of friends from super urban neighborhoods uh, in the most strangers of places that are hardcore dudes but hip hop dudes, and uh, it was one of those communities that like no one gave a fuck what race, gender, creed you were. Uh, if you could fucking destroy human beings life in a pit and, <laughs> and still get up and fucking hug it out, you're, you're a good dude. Like I, I went to shows with this dude named vegan Keegan, uh, gay dude, super flamboyant boyfriend. Um, but I, I watched that dude almost kill like seven people. I mean, I watched him I just beat people to death with steel chairs because someone accidentally booked a racist neo-Nazi band and they were like, yo, fuck these, you know, if you're gay or a Jew, get the fuck out. Like, we don't want you here. Like, no, who the fuck booked this dude? All right, we're going to kill him. And they're like, my buddy's girlfriend busts out brass knuckles and knock out the bassist. And they're using the bass guitar to beat everyone else. Like, it, it was like, yo, if you're just here to get hurt, have fun. And then it was funny because, like, the, the cool down after a hardcore show is hip hop. <laughs> Go to the party line and blast hip hop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's just like, ah, oh, so this is like way more relaxing where you're like, it's your cool down routine. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's fucking cool, dude. Um, Style P, that's rad. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. This is shit that people don't know about. That's great. It's great. Yeah, brand new, new, and you learn something new about. Uh, what else? What else is new that is uh, okay to talk about? Like, like what else about your character that's okay to talk about? Um, well, I mean, I just, uh, man, I, I think, um, I think I, I like to push the boundaries when it comes to just like sometimes, you know, saying funny shit and making people uncomfortable. If I have like my shirt off or something and like, there's a lot of just like, there's a lot of toxic, like, like very like, machismo not willing to admit that like maybe like there's a lot of dudes out there that are uncomfortable with their own sexuality and like if i take my shirt off sometimes they'll just leave comments like oh this is gay and it's like well a grown man with his shirt off like doesn't necessarily mean gay but you're making it that way so um you've now uh admitted that maybe you have some homosexual thoughts which is totally cool i have no problem with that um and and like I'm very comfortable with my sexuality, but I don't think it should be considered gay if some man, you know, is, is shirtless or wearing a tank top while shooting guns. Like, but if you want to make it that way, like you can. Um, but I just think I try to like just have fun and be stupid. But also, it's fucking hot where I'm at, and I and I legit uh, like I'm wearing a mask in the middle and when it's like 98 degrees and like 90 percent humidity. So fuck all of those people who are like, eh, when are you going to put a shirt on? And it's like, well, I don't know if you're like just insecure about something or you're sorry. I just heard something. Um, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but you, know, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to be shy, man. Just come out of here and say, you know, I am attracted to men and I think you're attractive. That's fine. That's tight, dude. We've geolocated you. You're in the Gulf. Um, uh, I actually don't know where PSR is from, but he's at 90% humidity and he wears mask and some of the uh, ranges he's shooting at, the vegetation I've already uh, ID'd. So I, I maybe, kind of, I know what part of the Gulf you're in. Maybe um, I was exaggerating the humidity. It wasn't okay, all right, chill, guys. He's like almost near the Gulf. Um yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> so my wife, my wife the other day, she's like, I'm glad you like to live in the woods, Alex. I, I'm happy that you like to go out and kill shit with other men and just disappear for a few days and not talk to me. And, and my only communication with you is a sat phone. And I was like, why is that? Like, why? Why? I thought you always want to like be in contact or whatever. And she's like, no, I read an article that the reason why the pussification of men has existed is not enough men just disappear in the woods together and just do dumb shit. And um, I appreciated that. I appreciate my wife saying that to me. I was, she's like, no, granted, we talked about Channel... I, I mentioned Channel 5 earlier with Yeet, and he interviewed a guy who was like, we well, need to be all nude in the woods with other men, and it's not gay, no erections, but um, it, it, re, it rejuvenates your sexual libidity and like whatever. But uh, I do think that... Like, I love... Like, I started hunting five years ago, and... I don't do it for sport. I don't appreciate killing things. Don't like killing things. But I do like exercising my capabilities and taking all that knowledge from shooting and taking all that knowledge from night vision and thermal and all that stuff and applying it to... I love fucking kill. I'm not going to lie. I love fucking killing pigs in Texas. Like I love just destroying whole herds of something that's human-created that is an invasive that's destroying um, native species. I hunt... Like uh, people, pheasant hunt, right? In the United States, pheasant is an invasive species. It was brought to the Americas by China in 1887-ish as a sport game bird. So it's an invasive species. Um, I shot an oryx in New Mexico. That's an African plane species that was introduced to New Mexico on white sands in 1967. And now it's a normal species. Axis from India, uh, Chital, that's an invasive species in central Texas. Um, I love fucking killing animals that don't belong here. And it does. I, I feel a lot less bad eating fucking the Ferraris of animals meat and, and being able to take as many as I can <laughs> in a week and, and eating very affordably for the rest of the year off of non-native species. But I do hunt native species. I have a, I have a bird dog. I enjoy hunting. I enjoy, uh, watching a dog work because every species of dog exists to hunt something else and and watching you know the basic human biology and science of manipulating species of dog to apply to different animals to keep us fed uh watching dogs work is more important to me than killing things um but I do enjoy hunting and exercising everything that I put on a flat range or long gun into a perspective where I'm like, oh, I'm feeding my family and it's not full of bullshit. You know, even even down to my baby's formula, like we bought we had our child being the, the formula shortage and we were stockpiling American formula and we started reading it's like soy and high fructose corn syrup. It's like it's like giving your kids Doritos, dude. It's fucking hard. Why would you feed your kids liquid diarrhea uh, diarrhea? Yeah, that works. Uh, liquid Doritos to an infant it's it's fucking asinine uh so we've been getting our stuff from uk from a uh, euro brand and there's none of that their their restrictions on formula are like 10 times more stringent than the fda and and even down to we have something called a baby brezza and it's like a cure egg for children's formula infant formula and you put the bottle under you hit you set your settings 
fucking hit go. It's fucking super convenient. It's amazing. But there's this aerosolizing nozzle. And when you use US formula, the crystals after two bottles of formula are so hard that you have to soak it in boiling water to dissolve the crystals. Whereas the EU stuff that we're getting, literally you can wipe it out with your finger without any hot water. Wow. And, and, and that's just a, a visible two bottle yeah. testament to how little sugar is in the real stuff. And the other thing is you taste the U.S. formula and it tastes like a roll of nickels in your mouth. It's fucking yeah. it tastes horrible. <laughs> and you're like, if there's this much sugar in it, why does it taste like shit? Right. And then you taste the, the euro formula and it's like it tastes like breast milk like yeah, you probably never tasted breast milk you, you taste breast milk when you're a dad right you're like you accidentally get some spit up in your mouth or whatever you're like wow it's like it's like lightly dissolved honey and cream right oh nice. uh, no yeah. breast milk tastes pretty fucking good and it's something you're like i couldn't drink a whole cup of but like a lick of it here or there you're like all right uh, this is going in my child's body this is okay and then the the eu baby formula tastes almost identical to human beings breast milk and you're like oh my god i'm way happier feeding this to my child than this bullshit and even if you start reading into the ingredients of like children's formula in the united states there's a wean off period you have to start diluting it and breaking it down and breaking it up with solid foods because if you cut cold turkey with u.s formula your kids have a fixation on it And it's fucked, dude. It's creating fuck the, the government. Obese, ah. obese people because it's just sugar and it's just leaving. It's just starting you off with that addiction. It's, a, it's indoctrinating infants into high fructose corn syrup and soy. And and the thing is, you even if you select a non-soy mixture, yeah, there's still a soy ingredient on the ingredients list because they have four different options of sweetener and it depends on what's available at the time so you can't avoid soy in it damn it's fucked up in my life during pregnancy and the uh first three months of breastfeeding we were on a wild game diet only and our fucking kid is a monster oh yeah i bet so yeah. sorry for that whole thing, but I figured since we're talking hey. about 3D printing and diverting government, uh you can get foreign formula from a company called formulaland.com on online and you can select what country you actually buy your formula uh from in different stages and that's the way to go and it was uh the u.s was actually um blocking import from certain countries but certain countries didn't get blocked for formula so we were getting that shit the whole time sick no more bags of nickels you heard that from the source no more bags of nickels and corn syrup yeah I've, that's that's a very visceral description of the taste of a of a thing in one's mouth is a bag of nickels i think i i, I got it now and how do kids like that though i don't i don't get it like a, it, uh, in infants I mean, taste buds have not developed so they're just they they'll chug whatever you put in their mouth which is that. fucked up exactly so that's 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 definitely on the parents um yeah man well thanks for that that tidbit yeah i had a few beers tonight sorry guys i've ranted about shit that might not matter to most people listening to this podcast you ever wanted to know what breast milk tastes like tastes like honey and uh sweet cream or something like that something like that It, it, it just it just tastes natural 
Yes. And and more power to the natural ones that you're probably like, I'm not having any alcohol tonight, and Alex has been drinking, and now we're going, we're spiraling amongst dumb shit. But okay. I'm I'm enjoying it, man. Um, I hope so. I hope yeah. you're having fun. I've enjoyed it. Yeah. So this has been going on long enough for an episode one. Sick. I'm happy. I had a great time with you. I, I definitely want to get together offline and spit yeah, music, spit music at each other. Taking the mask off after we stop recording. Cool. Um, so any last words? <laughs> any, any final comments <laughs> to uh, viewers? Um, uh, I, I, we didn't touch on it earlier. Uh, PSR mentioned Control Pew. We just want to elaborate that control pew is CTLR, CTLR, like your your button on your keyboard, not control. CTRL. CTRL. That's it. See? Yeah. Beer. Beer. Alcohol. <laughs> yes, it's www.ctrlpew. P-E-W. It's the guide. Sorry. www.theguide.controlpew.com. And that's CTRL. P-E-W dot com. And it is all a giant getting started guide. It, you will be, that is where you should start. So that is the starting point. If you want to get into the hobby and you've never done it before, getting into uh, 3D printing is not as intimidating or as hard as you think it is. You just got to check out the guide and you will have a lot of fun, whether you're printing guns or toys for your kids, or maybe someday breast milk. It's a great <laughs> to get into and i suggest that you give it a shot and hey, at, the, at the very least if you just want to check out my videos just to get an idea of what you can build that is awesome my youtube is print shoot repeat and instagram at print shoot repeat and on twitter i am printing guns and thank you so much again alex for having me it's been a joy to uh you know riff back and forth and we uh we went on many tangents which were really fun and uh and I love that. And I'm, I'm just happy to be a, a guest. So thank you. Awesome. Two more questions. Quick answers. What's your favorite low entry printer and your favorite low entry medium to print in for those getting into it? Now, I know they need to go to the guide at Control Pew, yeah. so, but a lot of people will knee jerk buy something and buy some sort of printable material before even reading a guide. Cause this is America. Everyone knee jerk reactions, everything. Yep. What should they look for in a printer and what should they look for to a PLA style? material? Yeah. Okay. So the best option in my opinion, um, best bang for your buck while not being the complete low bar, most cheap printer is going to be the, Creality Ender 3 or Ender 3 V2. The Ender 3 V2 is around 260 bucks. The Ender 3 is around 180 bucks. I would say just spend the extra 80 or so bucks to get that V2 because it's got a couple extra features, got a big screen. Uh, it's got some, you know, uh, little small features that make it a little bit easier to work with. Uh, so the Ender 3 V2, it's around 260 bucks. Sometimes it's on sale for less. That is what I would recommend for a printer. Um, and if you want to spend a little bit more money, the Ender 5 is good. Um, and then 
the Creality Ender series are really great because it's just like the predominantly used printer. So there's a lot of parts out there, just like a Glock 19. It's very, very upgradable and very uh, supported by the community in terms of just mods. You can even 3D print your own mods for the printer itself, which is pretty cool. So it can upgrade itself once you get it. Now, as far as materials go, the material we use is called PLA Plus or PLA Pro. It's just a slightly more rigid or uh, enhanced toughness um, PLA, which is polylactic acid. I would recommend using that because that's what all of the designs are tested on right now. You can get more into heavier materials like nylon that are often way harder to print and can result in some frustrating warping and stuff. So I would recommend PLA, PLA Plus, um, this, my favorite company is Polymaker. They support the creators and the developers. They're a really great asset for the community and they, uh, they make great filament and they make like OD green and tan and stuff. So you can get your tactical colors if that's your thing. They also make like pink and random, you know, crazy neon colors too. So check out Polymaker PLA Pro or Polylite PLA Pro uh, is the way to go. And that rhymes. So thanks. And you are a music maker and a rhyme sayer. Uh, dude, thank you so much for being a part of this. Uh, I know you're busy and congrats to all of your YouTube growth successes. I, I think I looked at your Instagram profile like two weeks ago and then I checked it today. I was like, oh, damn, motherfucker grew by 5K. Uh, <laughs> so, dude, congrats on all of your successes, your personalities. You uh, Most people watching your profiles I think you have a mental uh, mental person yeah. multiple personality disorder yes. but um offline guys he's <laughs> he's very squared away it, it's all a persona because you know anonymity is very important even though everything that psr is doing is legal yes. um the government hates us for being individuals and having individuality and having freedoms so the government knows who i am though just to make it clear. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, yeah, I, I literally say fuck the ATF every day, but I have an FFLSOT. So uh, it, it doesn't matter. We can't avoid them, but it's it's about the community behind it and that we're all standing together and we have our constitutional rights and we are all as a population with the 99th percentile of us good law-abiding citizens. We just want to be left the fuck alone so we don't destroy your fucking world. Uh, so, yeah. you know, we are exercising our rights. And the reason why I was so excited that PSR wanted to do this podcast is this is definitely one of the more, I don't want to say edgy because that sounds fucking boomer, but. Uh, okay. It, it, I, get, I get that phrase thrown at me. Up. It's okay. one of the more uh, enlightening podcasts that we get to do. And, oh, yeah. and and having this fine gentleman here is very important to us as as a brand. Um, you know, we've historically worked with Paul Armady. We've helped Paul Armady with a lot of stuff, but uh, the recent ruling is that that's not okay. So we we need you guys to exercise your rights, yeah, and it's no, okay no. to exercise your rights. Don't feel that you're doing something wrong. No. Uh, and, it, and again, no. low barrier to entry. Yes, and a little side tidbit on the Palmerati situation. So uh, now they've they've gone back to selling unserialized frames, so like unfinished frames, but they can't sell jigs with the frames. You know what uh, might be able to be used to make a jig? 
a 3d printer so you know we put a barrier up and uh we'll find a way around it and uh that's just the way it is so another great reason to check out 3d printing yes and 3d scanners are also very available very cheap and um anyway long story short guys do not be afraid to 3d print it's okay just remember that you can't distribute them to um obviously look up your rights and look uh, up what you can legally speaking you can do it i mean you can do you can break the law not suggesting that you do but um legally speaking yeah you 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 want to just make things for yourself and and You'll never bump into an ATF agent that will realize that your 14.5 inch non pinned welded SBR is an SBR. So uh, with that being said, conclusion <laughs> to this wonderful podcast. PSR, thank you so much for joining us. You're a fucking rad dude. Uh, I love the hip hop element. I love what you do. And um, it, it's been an absolute honor to have you. So this has been episode 25 of the A&R Design on Hoster podcast fucking listen to it hopefully people get to the end hey we put in we put in some time today so anyway draw me like one of your french girls jack